Life of Muhammad, Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him. Treatment of Neighbours Prophet Muhammad, Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him, always treated his neighbours with extreme kindness and consideration. He used to say that the angel Gabriel had emphasised consideration towards one neighbours so often that he sometimes began to think that a neighbour would perhaps be included among the prescribed heirs. Abu Dhar, peace be upon him, relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to him, Abu Dhar, while broth is being cooked for your family, add a little more water to it so that your neighbour might also share in it. This does not mean that the neighbour should not be invited to share in other things, but as the Arabs were mostly a migratory people and their favourite dish was broth, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, referred to this dish as a typical one and taught that one should not think so much of the taste of the food as of the obligation to share it with one's neighbour. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, On one occasion the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, exclaimed, I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. I call God to witness that he is not a believer. The companions inquired, Who is not a believer, O Messenger of Allah? And he replied, He whose neighbour is not secure against injury and ill treatment at his hands. On one occasion, when he was addressing women, he said, If anybody finds only the foot of a goat to cook, that person should share it with his or her neighbour. He asked people not to object to their neighbours driving pegs into their walls or putting them to any other use which occasioned no injury. Abu Huraira, peace be upon him, relates, The Prophet said, He who believes in God and in the day of judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his neighbour. He who believes in God and in the day of judgment should occasion no inconvenience to his guest. And he who believes in God and in the day of judgment should utter only words of virtue or should keep quiet. Muslim A new station, the voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Hello and welcome. May the peace and blessings of God Almighty be upon you all. You have joined us for another edition of Saturday Morning Live. My name is Usman Butt and with me in the studio are my co-presenters Sadiq Butt and Mudabbar Khalid. As always, it is a live and interactive show. We do want you to get involved, but before I give you the details, let me just tell you what we are talking about today. As always, the first hour we'll be going through different news stories, different things that have caught our eye. And in the second hour, Mudabbar will be talking us through collectivism versus individualism and which society is more flourishing at the two. So very interesting topic. He will take lead on that. If you want to have your say, be part of the conversation, call us 0208-687-7878. That's 0208-687-7878. Or you can get in touch via any of our socials at Voice of Islam UK. Gentlemen, Assalamu alaikum. May the peace and blessings be upon you all. Wa alaikum as-salam. Peace be upon you too. 
How's it been? How have you guys been? It's been alright. Lovely day. What? What day are you looking at? <laughs> no, no, but it depends what time you look out the window. Like right now, it looks. You gotta find that small window <laughs> when there's no, no, like eclipse. Right, like right now, I can see a bit of sunshine. So it's. I'm gonna assume that it's a lovely day. Do you know what they, they were saying? I saw a headline yesterday that was saying that um, February is the wettest and warmest month. It has been the wettest and warmest warmest month in I don't know how long. It's like two hundred odd years. In two hundred odd years. But do you know what's crazy? Who records this? Oh, it must be some geologist or some like environmentalist that are like looking but for at it. 200 I can't keep paperwork for like more than two years it's <laughs> true who's keeping this I don't know but also how they record it as well it's like yeah. they say like certain millimetres of rain I've never seen when they say this much millimetre uh, of rain I, well, I don't see I'm not walking yeah. in like 10 millimetres yeah I don't, I don't see it and I don't see the but the last few days I've, especially yeah Thursday and Friday have been pouring down like I always go for a walk while I'm on, while I'm at work and then like, I look out the window and I think, oh, yeah, it's a bit of a drizzle. I don't mind a bit of drizzle. <laughs> I walk out and it's hitting hard, like it's proper pouring. And then last night I had football as well. And I thought, yeah, maybe like I go out and it's a little, it's like light rain, yeah? Call it spitting, yeah? I go out, spitting rain is fine. And you start running around, it's hitting your face. You can't even open your eyes. Like my jumper was absolutely soaked. Yeah, so I, I don't know what's going on with the weather, climate change, I guess. But you got to run more. <laughs> to get out of the rain or <laughs> no the more you run so surprisingly um, you know people always think oh like, if you stand still in rain maybe you get less wet it's true the, the the more you move in rain you get more wet because you cover more surface area so apparently yeah, that's the science behind that. it Yeah, that's why I don't run yeah, no, that's definitely not. Like walk. Me neither. <laughs> I just look out and I think, well, this is great weather to have a cup of tea. Better to be safe. Better to be safe. <laughs> what a weather. I always look at the cup half full, man. If I see it's miserable, I, say, I think, do you know what will help this situation? <laughs> nice cup of tea. Yeah, inside. <laughs> inside, yeah. But okay, so let's... let's um, Start. On the cup of tea note, I think. So. Yeah, actually, that's not bad. All right, so yeah. let's talk about that first story that Sadiq, you said you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I so I was looking... Um, I read a couple of news articles because I was just looking at like the results of coffee shops such as Starbucks and Cafe Nero. And actually, it's quite funny because we're now we're talking about a cup of tea and how the weather has made us want to have a cup of tea. <clears throat> we're also sitting in the studio right now. Two of us got a coffee in our hands, right? So it's it, it's quite interesting That's how... We're going to get in trouble by our tech team now. <laughs> like, I told you, yeah, yeah. don't take no coffee in the studio. Snitched on us. And now we're getting in trouble. Thanks, Adi. No, uh, just, right. just for the tech team, is right at the corner, away from all... From yeah. all, all, all the edge, on the edge of the table, can't, can't be dangerous <laughs> with the lid on. So, you know, on, on Statista, I was reading that in in the whole of last year, the three between the three big coffee shops, and obviously someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but... Between Starbucks, Cafe Nero, and Costa, they they totaled almost two billion pounds worth of revenue in one country. So that means here in the UK, we as individuals have spent two billion pounds on coffee, and that's like that's only the 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 money we spent in the shops. Like I know, I remember when the pandemic first hit and we were all going to be working from home. I ordered a coffee machine. Hey, don't get me wrong. I, I ordered hand sanitizer and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I ordered a I ordered a coffee machine with the capsules and everything. I was like, yeah. I'm going to be home. Yeah. I'm going to need some coffee. And people people were going more wild than just buying coffee and coffee machines. Though. Yeah. Like buying everything they could and remember when everything was out of stock for yeah. a little while as well. But I, I I I ordered a coffee machine as quick as possible. Was it like a basic one or was it like a proper DeLonghi? Like no, so it was. Yeah, I, 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 luckily I didn't go too extreme, but it was. Um, 
it's an espresso uh, coffee capsule machine. It was about oh, okay. 80 quid. And I'm glad I bought it because about two weeks later, I think um, they just skyrocketed in price. Mm. <clears throat> and then since then, I mean, economically, it makes more sense. But I just think yeah. I've... I've built up a little station in my kitchen mm-hmm. to ensure that I have a coffee once or twice a day. Mm. And then now my wife's also turned into like a, a mini coffee connoisseur because she'll, she'll have uh, once a day uh, a mocha, but she'll make, you know, add a bit of chocolate and a bit of honey, froth the milk. But she never drank coffee before. Mm. <laughs> like, I think, it, it, are we moving to a stage where it's just, is it almost a drug or an addiction? It kind of is a drug though. Coffee, like yeah. it, 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 well, it definitely can, it's addictive. You know, I, I listened to something recently. I think it was on one of the Al Hakam podcasts, and they were saying that. Actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Al Hakam. It was another podcast. But it was saying that it's very rare that you'll find any human without an addiction, yeah. and <coughs> they were saying that it could be something as basic as either social media or even coffee. And coffee addiction is actually really serious. And I know people at work that have like six, seven cups of coffee yeah. a day. And I guess when you just get into like the working routine, sometimes it just becomes more of a social thing. And then yeah. that social thing turns it into yeah. um, like a actual um, addiction. The, the social thing is, and at work is actually true as well. Because then I was thinking, at what points in my life or throughout the day is there a coffee? I don't even have to think about times anymore. Mm. We, we say, do you want a coffee chat? Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll walk and have a coffee. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, a, a, a one-to-one over a coffee. It, like, everything is now, coffee, you know, yeah. wa- you know sewed in. La- last week, uh, early on, I had, like, a day where I was just meeting people. Yeah. But obviously for, for, for work-related issues, but it was exactly what you just said, that the first meeting was breakfast. Coffee. So I only had a coffee. I don't know, I'll just have a coffee. Second one, it was like, it was almost like a counselling session. All right, let's do it over a coffee. Mm. To, in the fourth meeting, after my fourth meeting, I had you the fourth... I had about, no, no, I wasn't having no jizz, but after the fourth <laughs> coffee, because the thing is, it's like after the second coffee, I actively tried to like make sure, okay, now this next meeting, it can't be just in a cafe. Like, please, let's just go. <laughs> even if it's food, I'm not even hungry, but no coffee. But it just, how it unfolded was a coffee. Yeah. I remember that. What that did to my stomach. Like it was really it was the early evening prayer. Yeah. And after that prayer finished, I just had one thing I was like, I need to go to the toilet. And I was, and I and I knew I just felt I was like, this is all coffee. It's crazy that how coffee has that. Yeah, but it's no but it's true though. It's bro. more than um sometimes an addiction. It's like what you said, it's just a con- the way that the kind of society. society is now that over a coffee you can have Kind of heart to hearts with people. You yeah. can have business meetings. Yeah. You can do anything as long as you add a cup of tea or coffee. To and you know what? That's actually really apparent as well in the Middle East. In the Middle East, especially in Palestine, um, coffee is such a big thing for them. Yeah. Like even mm. culturally, like if you like, they have some certain traditions where, if like you have to shake your cup and it means something, or like you yes. put your cup down and it means something. Yeah. Like and they, if you reject the coffee, then it also means something. Yeah. And like yeah, and like when they like even when it comes to. Um, you know, making uh, or forming relationships between hus- like when, when new new forming yeah. new relationships between husband and wife. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. who's gonna bring the coffee? If the coffee's good, then it's all like yeah. It's, it's, like, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, if anyone can. No, but I, I went to a. Um, you're right. Um, a member of our community belongs to from Kababi. Yeah. 
his father passed away and we went to just to meet him and there were arrangements made to kind of everyone to kind of pay their respects yeah. and what you said is exactly true yeah. that normally like when you go to a, uh, a kind of condolence mm. sitting you, they'll bring tea out yeah. This is the first time I went to it, and they brought coffee, but it was like little shots of coffee. And those that coffee, oh, and they were like, serious. and they were like, no, no, this is like a like in Palestinian in Palestine. Yeah. That's what you do in Palestine. Yeah, that you wow. have these little coffee shots, and it's like sometimes in one sitting you have like two, three. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But it's like this one, and it's really strong, really bitter. Yeah. And I remember the first time I drank it, like at the end there were bits, and I was like, oh, what am I getting? They're yeah. like, no, 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 you're not meant to have that. Like, <laughs> you just have to like yeah, get yeah, the yeah. top of it, and even like in 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 Arabia. <clears throat> In some other countries, they cook the coffee for days. Yes. For days, they cook the coffee. What's your favorite coffee? A flat, now it's just a flat white, but if I tell you what it used to be, like it was barely any coffee in there. It was um, hazelnut latte. <laughs> <laughs> hazelnut latte, full fat milk, large as well. But then I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm not really getting much coffee in this. Let me add an extra shot. It's almost <laughs> like a, <laughs> Just extra, make the cup bigger and add more coffee. Extra shot. Extra almost shot like a milkshake then. <laughs> Rarely, but I know people. We know people. Yeah. I'm not going to mention him now, but we know. I know someone. We know someone who he has a mocha, and he will have about last. I've got a video of him putting in about sixteen sachets, the slim nice. ones, of sugar. Wow. And then we, I was recording, and me and my mates were laughing. Like, what are you doing? He goes, No, 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 no. One sachet is half a half a teaspoon. <laughs> so he's like, okay, it's actually eighty eight teaspoons, and he's like, I just need it. And then I had a sip of it. He was having a, a mocha, but it literally tastes like hot chocolate. Mm. There was, you can't taste coffee in there at all. Um, he's cut down now. It's dangerous. But, um, I mean, it's your justifying to 16 to 8 isn't exactly the best argument. Yeah, yeah exactly. What's your Mine, goal? I'm quite straightforward. <coughs> I just want a white coffee or a flat white. Yeah, I'm but, just a flat white. Now. Yeah, yeah, but I'll, at home, I'll, I'll add some honey. I'll add that, honey as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's as far as it goes. I'm I very, can't do I'm very juice, specific, so. and it's in the festive time that <coughs> like my favorite coffee comes up. Oh, uh, eggnog! Yeah, yeah. It's but it's not just eggnog because I, I've never tried I, that. I it's not, so I not, no, it's no, no. I love eggnog. But the thing is, yeah, <laughs> I just realised. So normally I'll just go for eggnog latte, and the guy was like, um, "No, no, sorry. What happened was, it's out of season. Uh-huh. So then out of season, I always get a hazelnut latte, like you said. Yeah. Then I saw like a carton of eggnog." just like behind the two I was like is that is that eggnog and he goes yeah 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 we ordered it for the festive season but obviously we've got quite a bit left so we still got I was like okay you take the carton I was like can I, I freeze like, it no. I, was like, I was like make it make it eggnog and then the guy said to me no do you want hazelnut eggnog latte I was like is that a thing I got so happy I got so happy for the listeners right now like, Osman's just sat up in his seat I was, out like, of I was like yeah 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 make it hazelnut eggnog latte that is my f- if you hazelnut if you like eggnog latte, latte and uh, people would ask me what's eggnog blah 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 it's just custard <clears throat> I don't know how to how else to explain it but it's that, yeah that's how I go to alright you know what here's a question regarding coffee coffee generally has a bitter taste yeah so yeah. it's not like something that straight away you'd be like ooh this is nice like oh, this is something I want to drink it, it's an acquired taste yeah. but the question is I have for both of you guys mm-hmm. wh- how did it start where did it start and why did you continue because initially, when you drink coffee, it's like this is not nice. Why am I drinking this? Yeah, you, yeah, you know what? Why am I drinking? I this? had that same thing. I the the first memory I can have of any coffee is my parents had in the cupboard a small Nescafe coffee jar because instant coffee. Yeah, yeah. in the in the random chance anyone that comes to our house doesn't want tea but wants coffee it was there. <laughs> I think there was a jar for about ten years that probably wasn't used or yeah. might have been used once. I had tried it. 
and I thought this is absolutely vile. <laughs> this is like it's 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 bitter. It's this. It's that. And now you have it two times a day. But you know, and then you go to work in the offices. Mm. You you try one, and you know you're like yeah, yeah okay, I'll, I'll give it a go. This and this is like ten years ago going to work into into a corporate office, trying one and then trying one and trying one, and yeah, now two times a day. If it, it actually the problem now is. Uh, in the office that I work, or in the last few offices I've worked in, it's almost a given that they're going to have a coffee machine. <laughs> We've got two coffee machines. One is, you know, we haven't even touched upon this bit yet, but one is the normal press a button and it will make the coffee for you. The other one is, pour your coffee beans in, grind your beans. Oh, that's the proper... But but people do it. People that's are the... just like, you know what? I, I'm going to spend five minutes grinding my beans... You know, <laughs> tapping the the thing where you put the beans in and leveling Level it, it out, out. <laughs> and then putting a little weight on it. I'm just, I'm thinking I bought a coffee machine at home in thirty seconds. I'm downstairs, yeah. upstairs, done. Yeah. But that, that's the thing as well. Coffee yeah. roasted beans. What type of beans you have? Yeah. Where do you keep them? What what, what do you do yeah. with them? Can't let it like air yeah. out too much. <laughs> mm. Spraying water mist on your beans oh, before yeah. you grind them. Come on, I this is. This is too You've been watching traffic. too many of the YouTube shorts that I've yeah. seen as well. It is quite, yeah, it's quite mesmerising to watch that. It's one of the satisfying videos. Yeah, I haven't got the energy to do it, but it is actually quite mesmerising. What about you, Usman? Like, uh, tell us your origin story. My origin story of coffee, to be honest, yeah, I, I much rather prefer a cup of tea. Yeah, same. Um, and coffee for me, the first time I tried it was because just of the kind of, I heard that if you're tired, yeah. it helps Kind of, so you uh, just pushed through even though it was nasty and you yeah, yeah no because the, the first no the first so the first time I had it it was on a journey to feeling tired to have a coffee yeah. then I, as when I heard about these shots like the hazelnut and yeah. vanilla and that I was like oh <laughs> this is world. <laughs> this is like <laughs> this is nice um, but I would always <coughs> my obsession with hot drinks started not even because of the drink element it was just like biscuits yeah it was like oh this is something I can dip a biscuit in and, and it makes the biscuit better but you know even that there's an art to that as well because you've got to dip it at like the, for the perfect time yeah. so that yeah. it's That's why I not always too talk. soggy yeah. and it's like slightly soggy slightly crunchy that's how you got to get at it at home when my missus is like oh, let me just dip something I'm like you best get this exactly right because if <laughs> if this goes if this just dips in and stays at the bottom of my mug oh god <coughs> that's brilliant yeah, I no. Mean, um, but the, the 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 thing about this is, everyone has a preference, right? In yeah. drinks, when I'm out, I will never buy a tea from a shop because I just think the tea that you get in the shops isn't the same. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But do you know what's becoming more popular now, though? Sorry, I don't know if you no, had no. another point to follow up on, no, but um, Gorak Chai. Oh, Gorak Chai is becoming more and more popular, and yeah, Gorak yeah. Chai is actually close to what we would say yeah, is Desi yeah. Chai. So even yesterday, when I went out on my walk. Yesterday, yeah, yesterday during lunch, well, not even during lunch, about eleven thirty. Um, there's this place near where I work uh, called um, Pali Kitchen, and they do Indian food, yeah. and they do gudak chai as well. And every time I've gone in the afternoon, so like three o'clock, they're like, "Yeah, we 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 sell out by like half 12. And I was like, "Really oh, interesting." And I went there at half eleven. I luckily got there quite like early. Literally, been half an hour. The queue was outside oh. down like the road. And they were just getting the food, but gudak chai there was actually really, really nice. Yeah, you know, you know on the point of gudak chai, right? So, I love gudak chai. Yeah. Like I'm telling you, on par. If you ask like, uh, like anyone, I love gudak chai. So to to the extent where, if I I go to visit my parents once or twice a week where they live, 
And in their area, there's like three collect shops. And it's got to a point my wife knows. When we get in the car to go home, I look at her and I go, I just nod my head. <laughs> and she'll nod like it, 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 in an acceptant way that this journey is going to be longer yeah. because this guy wants to stop at, at a jai shop to get mm. a shop. Because there's nothing where I am, right? Yeah. And, you know, once a week I'm getting a fix. And yeah. I call it a fix now because I, I'm intuiting in my back of my mind. It's like, on the way back, I'm getting a cut. Mm. And then I did the same thing in Dubai because there it's it's getting a cut is the most normal thing in the world. It's mm. like one dirham or two dirhams. And I How much is that in pounds? So one pound is four and a half dirhams. It's about 25p. About 25p. What? I think it's gone up about... It's gone up about... Two, yeah, one... Yeah. That is... <laughs> it's, it's not a huge cup, though. It's like... Uh, <coughs> yeah, but neither, neither are these ones that they're selling here. We're getting pumped. <laughs> but if you get a small cup, it's about one, one and a half dirhams. You get a regular mm. cup, two, two and a half dirhams. It's still about 50p. Yeah. But it's proper cooked. Mm. Is it cooked? Like, Or is cooked. it just like like powder? No, no it's not powder. It's is it proper cooked? cooked? It's cooked. Oh, like you go to the shop, nice. they, they're doing a batch in the back and they've got yeah. a batch in a barrel nice. and they're pouring it and, it and it's proper. Like yeah. you can taste there's like some sort of double cream or whatever it is in there. Yeah. <clears throat> I was, I again, fixed. I, I knew when I was going, I went there last year, did the same thing. I went there this time, I was like two, three cups Gotta a day. Try is nice, it's just, it, but, that, it is but this nice. is the point I, I was getting at the beginning. Like, I'm calling it a fix. Mm. Is it? It must be like, you know, people have it. It's the caffeine in the background. Yeah. It must be. Yeah, it definitely is. And you know, also, like, I think one of the most important points that you mentioned is about how much we spend on coffee. Yeah. And like, I find I've, I, for the last year, nearly, year and a half, I've made it a point to never spend the full amount for a coffee so I get one free coffee a week through my health from my health insurance nice um, make that, that last sorry make it last yeah 100% like and so the thing I make sure I do with that as well so if I take my own cup I get a double stamp yes. so I get like an extra coffee in half the time I would, would normally so when I get a free coffee <clears throat> On top of that, I'm collecting points to get more free coffee. So right now, I've got four, four stamped cards. Like, I really make it a point to try my best to not spend the full amount. Because you see all of these new coffee shops popping up. We've got Black Sheep Coffee. We've got yeah. Soho Coffee. All of these places. And uh, some people, my, my colleagues were telling me the other day, oh, yeah, there's a Black Sheep Coffee down there. And I was like, is that any good? They're like, yeah, yeah it's really nice. It I was like, how much, is, how much is a latte? About £4.50. Yeah. £4.50? Yeah. For, and it's not co- just, for two coffee yeah, beans, it's not just some water and sheep. milk. It's just generally, it's it's you know for the sake of don't forget the cup, bro. Yeah, <laughs> for the sake of not defending one particular <laughs> coffee shop. Four pound on a cup. No, but you're right. I, I think with, with this topic, it's one of those. Th- I think it's interesting what you said before that everyone has some element of an addiction, an addiction, yeah, or like ex- excessive spending or whatever it may be, or you're inclined to one particular yeah. thing or doing it to a certain level and I think this is where as Muslims we're fortunate that we have kind of guidance that helps us and I think it's like when you see Islam it's always obviously people pick and choose what they want to highlight but one beautiful teaching for me is how it's always said that you should always live a balanced lifestyle and kind of live the middle way not (coughs) one too extreme or not too lenient so it's all good and well enjoying a coffee enjoying any sort of leisure that you may want or you see but I think where you exceed that limit yeah. it then you don't see the harming effects of it yeah. so I think for example you said 450 if you calculate that to someone who's had for whatever reason whether it's a leisure work related whatever it may be let's say you're having two coffees a day nine that's pound. about nine pound and in a week that's about what 45 pound 45 pound of just coffee mm. 
and um and at the end of the day it's exactly what you said and i think it's Jalo, i won't even degrade it by saying it's only water and milk you just look at it as an expense that's yeah. 45 pound in a week yeah. you spent and actually if you you want to you can half that by just having mm. one a day i'm just saying oh you know find other means so i think it it becomes almost and this is not just to do with coffee but any field of life you have to have the right balance yeah. Yeah. you can't be too extreme or lenient either mm. uh, when by no means we're not saying oh don't have any coffee no no if you enjoy coffee have a coffee yeah, yeah, of course. but just never exceed your limits because then it's like I think for me it's always like well if I've spent this money here and I've done it knowing that yeah I want it then actually I can spend this money in other ways of yeah. giving back making society better giving to charity whatever it may be yeah. but it's that always comes from my mind when it comes <clears> to these things yeah I mean I, I don't know if we were here like, I, don't know if, I don't know if our aim was to like disrupt the coffee market but um, no, no. <laughs> like honestly coffee the markup on coffee is one of the highest yeah. in the whole food and but drink do you think, industry. Do you because think, literally, if you oh, think here's a question it, then. If you literally just think about it, I know I just, I, I, I kind of, um, I did dilute it a bit by just saying it's coffee, it's water and milk. Yeah. But it literally, it one latte. Okay, here's a question It's two coffee beans, water and milk. It's oh, not milk though, it's just frothed milk. Frothed milk as okay, well. Okay, here's a question, less. here's a question, here's a question. At the moment, it's the, what do you say, it's turnover is probably the most, at this rate, Yeah. yeah. And what am I like? Our reaction was, "What? How is that so expensive?" If it was, let's say, more affordable, uh-huh. if it was like one pound fifty, I'm uh-huh. just saying, that wouldn't do anything to the problem. I don't think that would stop. In fact, it probably increase the amount of people buying it. I think yeah, so. Also, but bear in mind though, <coughs> this turnover of two billion was only the the sort of named, you know, big chains, big chains, mm. and where we're saying coffees cost a few pounds in those shops you know between uh, ranging from like two to four pounds mm. you could still go to like a mcdonald's or a, or a kfc or a or a or a high street shop that probably sells cheaper mm-hmm. like it's you know, that two billion is just isolated to three mm. three brands mm-hmm. and between them those three brands i think they've got about two and a half three thousand shops i, I think remember. i was reading on statista i haven't got the exact number but you know starbucks was like uh, 1,250 or, or a bit more last year Cafe Nero is about 650 stores Pret I know has loads Pret, is, like, Pret yeah. where I work literally every other road has one yeah. there's, there's one a one new one two. I think is it Gales or yeah uh, it's Gales, Gales yeah. Is, but Gales is more of a bakery it's than a bakery yeah, it's, it's really like, nice yeah. Yeah. but I just see their cups every almond chocolate in central London it's, it's a fix <laughs> you just the face that you make the moment you coffee yeah I'll go on in it's, 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 I remember once at McDonald's you mentioned McDonald's they had this ad- advert for coffee but it was proper like throwing cost under the bus it was like <laughs> it was a picture of a coffee cup it says Coffee doesn't have to cost a fortune. Ooh. And I was like, oh, whoever, whoever, whoever's buying this marketing campaign, oh, what a diggy to get cost of. Whoever like, oh. did that needs a promotion. Yeah. That has worked very well. <coughs> All right, I feel like this was supposed to be like a two-minute segment about no, coffee. Like, and we <laughs> spoke about half an hour. There is actually, I mentioned the podcast, but there is a new podcast on the Al Hakam podcast regarding coffee uh, with uh, Dr. Hamad Khan, who's one of our members. Um, so it'll be interesting to listen to that. It's yeah. a whole show on coffee. If you do a sync up, how to save money and how to 
yeah. not spend too much. Just get discounts. Like even the coffee I bought today was on discount. I had to just get others to buy. A <laughs> but you know, you know, he <laughs> was get, saying just get others to buy. A Four pound fifty a day, twice a day. At the end of the week, it's about fifty quid. That's that's a whole that's, month's petrol in my car. That's it's just, it's, that is, that's wild. Man. What other news stories we're we talking about today? Uh, what did I have? I had a couple. Um, one of them I'll pick out if I can get in. Um, is the comments made by our Prime Minister, which I think are dangerous. <clears throat> Personally, I think they're quite dangerous. And also in line with that, um, the uh, election in Rochdale, where George Galloway, who's a member of the Workers' Party of Britain, uh, won the majority of the votes, <clears throat> 30-something percent, I think it was. But going back to Rishi Sunak's uh, comments, uh, let me just pull him up. But he, it, it, it appeared that he, I mean, I don't want to say that he's um, kind of fueling the fire, but um, in the article it mentions the PM said, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said, Islamists and far right were two sides of the same extremist coin. So this is a speech that he he, he um, delivered or just like an announcement. He got a couple of announcements he delivered outside of uh, 10 Downing Street. And where he was talking about um, these disruptions and these uh, protests that have been taking place in light of Israel and Palestine, the Israel and Palestine conflict, where he's talking about <clears throat> far, Islamists and the far right were two sides of the same extremist coin, I think is very dangerous. Personally, I think is very, very dangerous. Um, and it was also mentioned that the UK must face down extremists trying to deliberately undermine the country's multi-faith democracy. This is what Rishi Sunak, has, Rishi, uh, Rishi Sunak has warned. Now, I just feel like as a prime minister, I feel like he has to be really careful and sensible about like the sentiments of the majority and also how this will be take, like, taken by um, the majority of the population. I, f I feel like using words such as Islamists um, and even mentioning like, you know, Islam as uh, a reason for causing disruption to democracy, I think is very dangerous. Because we can see clearly in the protests that it's not only Muslims. How many Jews are also in the protest and Christians? It's irrespective of faith. People that are being involved in these protests are just calling out for justice yeah. and peace. It doesn't matter about like how many actual like <clears throat> orthodox orthodox Jews have also come out. Yeah. And they've argued for it as well, argued for peace, argued for ceasefire. But you don't hear any comments about Jews are being far right or Jews are being extremists. So why why specifically mention Islam yeah. as a reason? I think is really really quite dangerous. And I, uh, I think in the speech he tries to cover a few. Um, I think if we can play the snippet, but I think he he tries to cover a few uh, backgrounds or uh, ethnicities. But but the headline just as typical will yeah. be. This is where the root of the problem is, mm. and and it's it's concerning because I think it just gives everyone a platform to say, well, if you know, Rishi said it, yeah, yeah exactly. So we, we the country's going down a, a a really bad path. Yeah, but I also think, is it coincidence that you know Mr. Galloway wins his election, and then a few hours later there's mm. a, uh, a sudden um, speech by the Prime Minister outside Ten Downing Street. That wasn't actually scheduled a few weeks ago, or no. even a week ago. 
Interesting. It, it, you know, I just think, where are we going with this? Yeah, it's true actually. And then the the, the George Galloway thing I didn't even mention. So basically, well, I mentioned it very briefly, but. Um, <clears throat> In Watchdale, where <clears throat> he won uh, the majority, you have the Conservative Party party there, you have Labour there as well, and Labour apparently seemed to be, uh, they were supposed to be winning. And actually, George Galloway, nearly 20 years ago, was a member of the Labour Party mm. up until the Iraq War, um, where he obviously, as a Muslim, like very staunchly was against <coughs> what was happening in Iraq. <clears throat> and um, he had some discussions with Tony Blair, and he made some comments as well about, you know... Um, how much he disagreed with it so then now to join the workers party of britain he actually mentioned in his speech as well that he is uh, his party they're fighting for those voices that are unheard to the older workers and the young who are too young to work so um that's basically his kind of that not part of his manifesto but that's their aim to to be able to speak for them um but yeah this uh everyone knows he's a muslim He's very publicly and openly spoken about Islam and um, his views on a number of issues. But yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's a coincidence or whether this speech that Rishi Sunak gave was was off the back of that. But also interestingly, Rochdale was one of those areas where <clears throat> we were seeing for a long time a lot of independent journalism and um, people were looking into the issues of grooming gangs. Yeah. And there was a whole, and Tommy Robinson as well, as one individual, was always always using Rochdale as an example. Like, look what's happening over here. Look what these Muslims are doing to our young, yeah. to our youngers, and like you know, they're grooming them, they're uh, assaulting them, abusing them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then, for then, for a Muslim to win in that population, indicates that you know what, like other parties aren't really, you know, pulling their weight, or they're not really addressing the issues that really need to be addressed. So, yeah, I think the takeaway for me from this um, news story was that I feel uh, politicians just really, really need to be careful in what they're saying to the public, especially in this time, especially in this time where, you know, um, clearly, you know, Islam is being attacked by um, certain members of the public who feel that. Uh, you know, this whole war in Israel-Palestine is like an Islamist war, where clearly it's not. Like, it's so easy to see that these protests don't involve only Muslims. Clearly, there are so many members of society involved in these protests, asking for um, a ceasefire, and they're also pro-Palestinian. So I feel like it's just um, some. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to use a really bad word, but it's just the, you know, just a lack of. What's the word? consideration I guess yeah you know um, I feel like um, the difference between someone making a comment now compared to someone making a comment like this 20-30 years ago is the information is all out there mm-hmm. like for example like you with like this war whether it's in Ukraine or any war that takes place in any particular country there is now you don't need journalism really because you have people on the ground yeah. just putting stuff out there that look at what's happening. So I feel now more than before, there's like what the media presents, what these world leaders are saying <coughs> or what, what they're trying to get, the image that they're trying to present before you. Uh, but then on the same on the same end, there's actually now live coverage, mm. non-biased, just straight facts of mm. what people are going through. And I think the impact that has now, it only... Like you said, it it's like people are more clued on with actually, okay, 
this is what he said, but this is the reality. Yeah. Whereas like 15, 20 years ago, like whatever someone in any particular powerful position says, you almost take by face value because there's nothing else, there's no other information yeah, for you yeah. to kind of yeah. inherit. So <clears throat> that's why I would say you're right. Like with Islam in the media, it's always, for me, whenever I hear something in the media, I always see actually this media, I, I can't just assume that it's there to give me accurate news. Mm-hmm. It's a business. It's there to sell. And what we've seen in the past, if you use Islam, Muslim, whatever it is, these words sell. Mm-hmm. Because whether it's true or not, that's an afterthought. But we know that there's certain particular stories, if we brand it in a certain way, it will sell. So that's the first thing that anytime something... And I only say that because obviously... And you, people listening could be thinking, obviously you're going to say that you're Muslim. I'm not saying that because I'm Muslim. I'm saying that because actually we've studied... Like we've studied Islam, we've studied everything, and this we come we we come to come up with our own conclusions. Mm-hmm. I'm not basing my knowledge of Islam based on a prime minister's speech or or news out headline. Okay, this must be Islam, and I know some people do that. So I would always encourage people that actually, whenever you hear something about anything, it doesn't just have to be about Islam. Do your own research as well, um, mm-hmm. unbiased research, and you get to. Realize what the truth is, but yeah, you are, I think when it whenever like these words are used, Islam is a very kind of easy target, but it helps these lot sell stories. Do you think, you know, if we take a step back to the Rishi speech and just look at it from a holistic perspective, right? Do you think that we perhaps the MPs in particular? Whilst they have, um, you know, the right of freedom of speech, etc., they have more of a responsibility to ensure that what they're saying is a factually correct, but also it shouldn't be opinionated. But but then also, how do you regulate it if you want to to make sure they do these sort of things? Be- because and the reason I say this is, it seems as though the spotlight from the speech he's given, however long it was is based on Islamists and far rights and mm. you know I think the quote was something like they're two sides of the same coin yeah, yeah. but it's it's you know where I get it there's there are there have been things that have happened where the the you know whoever's done it is a Muslim mm. a Muslim in their own words well, claims which, to be yeah. it claims to be a Muslim right I think that and that's the that's the big thing right they claim to be Muslim but you know the second part of this point I make afterwards is it's education right but the point is in the last few weeks alone how many MPs regardless of which side of you know Labour Conservative or Tory whatever have actually come out with things that they probably shouldn't have said mm. you know Suella Braverman saying things around uh, the, um, the 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 protests I think um, I can't remember who the, the it was it the chief whip um, a couple of days ago who's been um, removed from his seat in the oh, Tory party. In the, uh, in talking the, about Sadiq Khan, uh, saying you know <clears throat> you made his remarks, yeah. but you know there's no regulator, there's no rules. Mm. No, but this is the thing. How do we govern this? This is the thing that you're right. There's no rules, but the, I think okay. So one impact that social media does have is that let's say certain remarks have been made 
the pressure now that you get from the general public and it's not directly like no one can come up to your face and say this was wrong that doesn't happen much now anyway but the pressure that it gets by online kind of coverage mainstream coverage it just puts that party under a lot of scrutiny yeah Yeah. and then that almost they and I think whether they do it for the right reasons or not we don't know but they feel that if we don't take action now if we don't if we're not seen doing something about this because this guy's made a remark whether we agree it's right or wrong that's not even a fault it's just that if we don't if we're not seen doing something that could affect our ratings but the flip side is it it affects their ratings negatively but it also it brings around maybe a group of people that aren't uh, as open to um, a diverse community if that's Mm. the right way to put it 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 almost encourages and I I, I, for some reason I I keep thinking of like um, you know the the whole Donald Trump saga of um, when the White House was mobbed oh yeah yeah and you know yeah yeah and he did this speech and when you listen to speech or you read the speech you think did he entice people did he not entice people but again it goes back to the point of you know what you say yeah Mm. who's they should be held accountable for what they're saying and and you know the factual information not just opinionated of one individual which might actually come back to the the next topic we speak about later on but Mm. that individual is in, in a position of power very heavy power in five six words could change the complete stance of how someone sees yeah. not just that individual but the country yeah. and take it upon themselves say well if my prime minister has said this yeah. it's fair game for me to say yeah. something like this or I can defend myself yeah. and you know what there are actually clear examples of how leaders can actually influence um, you know what happens on the ground and maybe it wasn't even leaders that said this, like that influenced this but um, you know early on in this whole Israel-Gaza um, conflict <clears throat> from October the 7th not like way back but from October the 7th you know there's an issue in Texas of their young kid being killed um, because he was Palestinian I didn't know that I yeah yeah this was quite big in the news um, you might want to pull it up now but um, he was actually known to the family as well and uh, it was off the back of all these remarks of um, you might remember yeah, this yeah, one, remember yeah, yeah. And these, it was it was off the back of all these remarks of um, you know Islam and Palestinians and whatever. So um, yeah, and, and that's a direct, I would say, direct impact of how the news, how politicians, how all these people comment on you know certain you, you know what people it is? in society it's, and then make them make them look. This is why, like, belief in God is so important. Mm-hmm. And it just comes down to what you said, like accountability. Like there's, at the moment, it's like people are, again, it's difficult because you can't open people's hearts to see what they actually think. But from what it seems, Mm -hmm. people, their hands are forced because of the public impression and what public pressure. Um, And sometimes there's always like, you wonder like, oh, if you never got this pressure, would you still come out and say, look, this is wrong, we're taking you off this particular Mm -hmm. position. But it goes down to, uh, when you said accountability for me, that's why I believe in one God. And I feel like this is where the world is now distanced itself from God Mm -hmm. because there's so many distractions. It's almost people are playing God themselves, that they got so much power and you have to kind of mold yourself to their 
desires and wishes otherwise you're just not going to be able to make mm. it in that particular industry and you know sometimes like you're so right because you know sometimes even the pressure is stuff like oh we'll take away funding if you don't do this or if you don't say that yeah like yeah. it's just you, you get cancelled bribery and yeah, then you get cancelled if you say this yeah, 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 yeah so that's why an element of having faith in god because no matter how high you are in power what form of leader you are whether it's of a local party or regional or national party mm-hmm. if you know that okay this responsibility that I've been given I will be answerable mm. to a higher being higher power and there's no running away because that higher being higher power knows what I'm thinking knows what I'm doing behind closed doors as well as in open mm-hmm. then you always like try your best to be honest in your actions and this word of righteousness always comes to our mind we say it's in Islam in the Quran you hear it so many times be righteous be God-fearing be God-fearing <clears throat> it's for this particular reason because if you are let's just say let's just say someone is does have that element of fear of God mm. that I don't want to do anything wrong I don't want to let God down mm. then not only are you benefiting yourself because you're now being honest but actually you're, those who you are serving mm. are getting the best version of you Mm. So yeah, you know, just in that as well, yeah. You know, in Islam, they say there's hukuk al-baad and hukuk Allah. Hukuk al-baad means um, rights of man. Rights of man. Hukuk means rights. Ibad means man. And hukuk Allah is rights of God. Yeah. yeah so these are basically the two like tenets of Islam, right? These like you two. can say if you were to like ask me to like um, summarize Islam, yeah. I'd summarize it in these. Yeah. That it's just fulfill the rights yeah. towards God and fulfill the rights yeah. towards man. And, and yeah. just on the point though, just that you were making. There's a hadith, I believe, that I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know the hadith completely, but it says that... Um, so hadith is the n- n- a saying of the sorry, Holy yeah, Prophet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, narration of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings as well be upon him, but it's something along the lines of if you don't fulfill the rights of me, so God is saying if you, feel, if you don't feel, fulfill the rights of God, then you'll be forgiven. But if you don't fulfill <laughs> the rights of man, mm. so your rights to society, then... That's worse, basically. There, yeah, there are so many narrations <coughs> where God highlights the importance of fulfilling the rights of man. Yeah, and though that fulfillment of serving man doesn't have any conditions attached to it, okay. where it's like, if you are a Muslim, I will serve you, mm-hmm. or only if you believe in one God, I will serve you. It's, it's, hasn't got any strings attached to it. So, that's true serv- service, and I think the promised Messiah wants. Uh, I'll just. Um, end this point by just giving an example of what he said with regards to serving the rights of man he said that <clears throat> if any one of my members uh, he gives two examples he goes if any one of my members uh, his neighbor's house is on fire and he doesn't put his life at risk to save his neighbor regardless of his religious background whether he's a Jew Christian Hindu or even an atheist then you're not a part of our community now that's that's how strong it's emphasized on trying to help others that put your life at risk to save another mm-hmm. regardless of his background whether he's got any rights to due to you either but being that he is a fellow human being you have you have to fulfill your rights towards him wow it's the first time i've heard that actually you know just over the last 10 minutes of speaking about this right i i think a part of all this is you know, for want of a better word, almost ignorance, because you know, the the discussions that come out about Islamists and far right extremists, etc. Don't get me wrong. I I think when a party gets big enough, 
not a political party, but a group of people gets big enough, you're always going to have a bad egg somewhere. But I think part of it is education. Like, you know, the the doors to, to our mosque at the very least are always open to show what our community does, how our community acts, how it behaves. The pledge that we take before every, um, a, a, every meeting or every uh, gathering that we do. I mean, even in the pledge, it says we, we, we're going to abide by the rules of our country. We're going to support our country. We're going to support the people of our, in our country. Sacrifice our lives for well. Sacrifice our <laughs> lives for our country. Mm. Like, we, you know, our community is, is embedding these values into the people, into the kids, into the adults as we grow along. <coughs> so doing something against, against the wider community, even if it's a minority, isn't and shouldn't ever be within mm. our nature. Mm. Which is which is why it becomes frustrating when I see you know the 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 bad apples or the bad eggs or whatever it is. And yeah. I look, I, don't get me wrong; it's a very simple way of justifying, not justifying, sorry, a very simple way of highlighting what the, some of the evil characters out there calling Islam the reason what they do for what they're doing. But actually, if you just give it a day, an hour, or a few hours go down to a mosque, speak to someone in our community, get to know what we're doing, the charity events. You know, everything we drive for is to make what we're doing and where we are better. You know, we've got so many different departments within our within our community. We've got, you know, uh, I know them in, 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 our, in our language, but in English we've got like a trade, trade, and, industry. trade and industry, we've got health and sports. Mm. Uh, you know, trade and industry is just, it's A, to help individuals get better... Um, understanding of the world out there get a job help with CVs upskill them, upskill yeah. them. <coughs> health health is literally health you know mm. we're, we're getting people together to play sports to make mm. to make them healthier in their life to there's understand education department as well there's an education department mm. there's there's a the league but that's um, outreach yeah. a, an outreach department you know we're going out into the community to explain who we are like th- these are things that you, when you look at a mosque, you don't think, "Oh, this this mosque is going to help uh, someone with a CV." They, you know, our halls are uh, utilized by local councils to have events because we we open us our doors up. By colleges, by the NHS. Remember Co- during COVID, yeah. we had the halls used for um, vaccinations. Yes, yeah. I mean, and we even have drives on a monthly basis. We've got homeless feeding. Yeah, we've got blood donations. Yeah, you know, if. I, I urge anyone if they have a day, half a day, you know. I, I even see um, if you have half a day or a day, or you just want to learn, just come down, just speak to someone. Get you know, we can arrange it. You can even call in. You can you can ask to come down. You know, I look at like um, uh, Imam Sabah, Marabi Sabah, Sabah. Sabahuddin Emdi. Yeah, Sabahuddin He's a missionary. He's a missionary here, but he he's his outreach is just phenomenal sometimes mm. because he's conscious of getting the words out there and, and speaking to people to show them look yes I, I am in Islam but Islam is more than just about going to a mosque and reading the mars it's mm. it's it's the growth of our community it's supporting people to do the right things it's it's helping the world in a better way mm. and I just think it, you know part of it is ignorance if you if you take time to understand what Islam mm. is I, I think you'd understand that one hundred percent, the individuals who call themselves Muslims, doing all these atro- at- atrocious things, aren't actually Muslims. Yeah. But then the same goes for you know if I play devil's advocate and and actually 
open my eyes to other religions. I think the same goes for for them. You know, I don't think Christianity in its in its own right is evil. At what, at, I mm. never think that. I just think the indiv- the individuals doing the wrong things have misinterpreted for, either for their own good or from a misunderstanding yeah. of how they do things. Right? Yeah. I think, like you said, education is key across the board. I think this is why I say when it comes to media, my stance has always been actually this is a business and yeah. uh, there's always two sides to a story so yeah it might highlight something might bring something to your attention but you should always kind of research into what it, what, yeah. what is actually happening at some point it does become like willful ignorance doesn't it yeah. like when you're like just being completely closed minded and not even going to bother yeah. like even when you can see something clear as day in front of you like nah, nah because, no, it's because it aids your personal mission yeah, yeah, yeah. for whatever <laughs> you want to achieve yeah <clears throat> yeah. You mentioned um, Imam Sava. I'll tell you a quick funny story about him and coffee, actually. Oh, okay. yeah. I, just, I did think we, we, he, he said that he wanted to uh, start this little like podcast type thing on his channel. I've watched and, uh, one. <laughs> so oh, yeah, I was there few, with him. Yeah, so I, I, start, I started it with him. Yeah, I helped yeah, start yeah, it with yeah. him, yeah. So he goes to me, what are we going to call it? So we went back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and this whole thing was like... We'll, we'll call it something in and around coffee, jai, something, yeah. All right, so <laughs> I went to his office, and uh, if you know anything about me, because I, I don't like coffee, even if it's warm, it needs to be hot. Uh, if it gets warm, it's cold for me. Mm. So he makes this coffee. We sit down, and um, we're just like brainstorming. We're supposed to there, be there for, to record an episode. We're just brainstorming about, oh, we can call it this, we can call it that. And then by the time, by the time I took a sip, I was like, "Man, this coffee's cold, man." I would call this like cold black coffee. <laughs> and he just looked at me and goes, oh, "That's a really good name. I want to call it cold black coffee." <laughs> oh no, this guy, man. But you like your hot drinks? Has to be cold, isn't it? Yeah. So what? Yeah. yeah no, not cold. cold. No, he he, cold in in accordance to what he thinks is cold. But no, I'll give you an example, yeah, because we're brothers, yeah. For those who are listening, it's not that I know what how he likes. <laughs> people think it's a bit weird, but whenever like we're t- wherever we're together, if we're at home, we've made tea. <laughs> I've now nearly finished my tea, mm. and uh, it's time now where like we're, okay, let me take the finished cups inside, and there's one cup full still. <laughs> And we just know, oh, that's that's Sadiq's. Like he's, he just drinks it's it when it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> like we've all finished ours, but he, yeah, that's how, that's yeah. how we like. My that's mom how... hates it. She's just she, oh, the, it's not tea anymore. It's just it's become something else because the milk the at same. the top. And, but I've just got this habit. I'll I'll, have, I'll make the tea, yeah. and I'll just leave it because I don't I don't like it boiling hot where I'm having to sip it and yeah, you hear this yeah, long yeah. sip because you're trying to cool it down when you, you sip burn it. Burn the roof of your yeah. mouth. And. Like my dad and my actually my my father-in-law and my mother-in-law they they all they do the same like if it's there for two minutes and they haven't drank it they're gonna uh, blitz oh, it in yeah. the microwave because mm. it's not hot enough mm. it has to be piping hot whereas I and even my in-laws know now if there's a full coffee uh, coffee or teacup on the table it's Sadix <laughs> and he has to wait till it's like just above lukewarm to drink it actually and you know what? I kind of like that temperature as well hot not too hot. <laughs> Oh, no, we got we got a few minutes to cover maybe one more story. Anyone have any other stories? You had a few. Maybe we can go. Like, we can I had one f- more after the break. Yeah, I, 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 I had. I, okay, I had a few. I'll mention it now. Talking about cost and this story, just randomly, I came across it, <laughs> and um, I thought, let me mention it. So, so Winston Churchill, uh-huh. obviously, <laughs> everyone knows who he is. His false teeth went up in auction. And I thought, let me ask you guys, if you knew, 
or how much you would pay at an auction. How much I would pay would probably wouldn't be as much as how much it was paid. For a gold-mounted false teeth that obviously belonged to Sir Winston Churchill. And well, I'd pay nothing. How, how many teeth? One, yeah, two, I know, three, four, five. You're let, right. me, let me just count how many teeth it had. Sorry, just to confirm. So <laughs> That's not going to change so, the price No, no, me. because you should know what you're, what, how much, what you're putting your money into. You're paying more for the gold. <clears throat> it was... Are you counting it? You got a picture so, of it? Yeah, there's a picture of it. There's a picture of it. Up to four sets were made for him, but this particular one that's um, went up for sale... Is it, is it just the way it is, or gold-plated, or is it... You said gold There's it? a picture of it. So obviously those who are listening can't see it, but I'm showing these guys. Oh, that doesn't Pristine condition. Appealing. Pristine yeah. condition. That's pristine For anyone wondering, it's about four teeth. On Literally. It's about seven. It's about seven teeth. Oh, so how much and there's missing around? teeth in the middle as well. No, actually, his <laughs> teeth, I reckon, they were made for his. <laughs> how much do you think that went for so? I would say... You'd say half a million. I think three hundred thousand actually. Yeah, I was literally thinking. Wow. Like, okay, it's not, it's not that much, guys. Like, oh, you've ruined like the effect. No, of no, no. That's so it's expensive. Because <laughs> no, you built it up. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, because it's still. Oh, ex- I thought you know what? It might be hitting the millions the way yeah, you. Yeah, no, the way no, you built it up. Still, listen, for what it is, seven teeth. Like it's still expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, come on, how much would you pay for that? Thirty k. The guy. I tell you, the guide was, the 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 guide was, eight thousand pound. Like, you know when you go to auction, yeah, you get yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, It must be so like 20,000 something. It was 18,000 pounds. 18,000 pounds. That set of tooth went for 18,000 pounds. And 80, it just... 80? 18, 18. Oh. And the reason I... It's it more anticlimactic. It's still... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the reason... But it is crazy. Oh, but we, you guys, like, next time, like, 300,000, come on, guys. You guys just ruined the... You, you the, built the, it up for about five yeah, years. Because like, Winston oh, Churchill. It's, uh, it's yeah. cold. It's yeah, because 18,000 is quite a lot. And I thought I'd mention this story <laughs> because... how many coffee cups you could pay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought I'd mention this because, again, it's just that excessive... Um, Spending in it, but I don't know. Someone might have bought it, thinking, "Do you know what? This is history, <laughs> and I need to reserve this this history." So, I mean, yeah, saying that, was, that though, to be fair, we, these days you get a, uh, a white coloured filling for about three hundred pound per tooth. So, yeah. I'll say you got a bargain then. So yeah, that <laughs> so might sorry, not be too bad. So my story is backfire. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever bought that, well Good done, mate. It might be more cost effective to use them. <laughs> We're coming to the end of our first half. Um, we're going to go for a short news break. When we come back, we're just going to run through some more stories and then go to our main topic, which it is Individual, individualism versus collectivism. Individualism versus collectivism. As we said, it is a live show. Do get involved, have your say, be part of the conversation, whether you call in or get in touch via our socials. We'll be back after the news break. I am a Muslim woman. Modesty is my choice, my freedom. I have my own mind. I have my own voice. I invite you to listen and to look beyond. I am a Muslim woman. Throughout history, mankind has always yearned to know the true essence of beauty. Some have sought beauty in the sights and smells of this world, others in the human form, and more still, in the bounties of nature, in orchards, meadows, and streams. However, the highest form of beauty is to be found only in the divine being who is manifest in every atom of this universe and whose love gives life its sweetness and freshness. In a world of fashion icons, 
Mary is an example for Muslim women precisely because of her devotion to the divine. And of course, one of the most iconic features of Mary's image was her veil. Across many faith traditions, the veil is a symbol of devotion. It is worn during prayer, symbolizing the idea of taking yourself away from the gaze of the world and turning to your Creator. English poet William Wordsworth wrote, that true beauty dwells in deep retreats whose veil is unremoved. It is this brand of beauty, the truest and purest kind that we seek. Living in today's society, there are many misconceptions surrounding the hijab. A lot of questions arise in people's minds. Does the hijab oppress women? Does it hold them back from achieving their dreams? To me, nothing could be further from the truth. The hijab has given me true freedom, and it has given me a sense of identity. Far from being an inhibition, it has only ever enriched my life. We live in a world today where the female form has lost all its sanctity and is objectified only to serve the male gaze. However, Islam teaches that women are not objects, but beings made to live out the fullness of life, the spiritual and intellectual equals of men, made not to bow to the dictates of fashion, but to serve only the divine. I'm a student of Arabic and Persian at the University of Cambridge, and I'm enabled to live, learn and flourish here while wearing my hijab and holding on to my identity. Having lived in both the Middle East and Europe, I have lived and studied in both East and West while wearing the hijab. Islam lays great emphasis on the education of women. And today, members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Women's Association pursue their studies at the highest level. We read, write and think without inhibition. I'm part of a team of women's writers from the community who take part in the National Dialogue on Islam. I enjoy writing blogs and articles, and I'm also part of an all-women's radio team who research, produce and present hour-long discussion programs on a variety of topics, with a focus on the role of faith in modern life. In March 2017, a group of Ahmadi Muslim women participated in a solidarity vigil arranged by a women's organization after the attacks in Westminster Bridge. In taking part in the vigil, I stood with my fellow demonstrators against extremism and for peace. Ahmadi Muslim women today follow many different paths of life. However, wherever in the world we may be, in the East or in the West, one thing is for sure. Our hijab is our identity. listening to the Voice of Islam radio, broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live, which started off as a really pleasant, nice day, and now we're looking out the window. Now we're looking out the window. No, no, no. When, when we first looked out the window, the sun was out, and now all of a sudden I could just see like... Drop raindrops just bouncing off the roof, so um, yeah, it's hitting a bit harder. This yeah. is how it was hitting me yesterday when I was playing football, but yeah. But as I said, welcome back. Uh, the first half we spoke about different news stories that caught our eye, and we have a few left, but we're going to go into our main topic. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about more news yeah, stories? Let's we'll cover some, some stories, yeah. Let's cover some stories, some stories. yeah. Yeah, 
I, 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 <laughs> I just might seem really disappointed. Kind of ruined my introduction, guys. Like, I can't even. It's a live show, so I can't even. It's all right. Redo it. <laughs> no, we can do some. Um, Forget what I said, listeners. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> go back to talking about some news stories, but we will yes, speak we will about our will. main topic, yeah. which is individualism. Right, if we wanted to, we can go into my topic. I mean. You're cool. Oh, should we flip a coin? Because no, no, no. Oh, okay. Can you just hold on, guys? Hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Let, take, professional. let me are. take. Let me take control of my show. This is my show at the moment, <laughs> and I think you guys should just. <coughs> I think flip a coin. I've got a coin in my hand. No, we we're not doing the flip of the coin. We're doing exactly what <laughs> I think. Okay, heads is middle. It's tails. Did we assign anything to anything? Uh, heads is middle. Topic. We're not flipping a coin. Okay, put cool, your yeah, coin yeah, away. Tails, put your coin tails. away. We're gonna, one with the, uh, no, this one, sorry. Put your coin away. Yeah, I think I've, the announced, vote. I've announced <laughs> I it now. It's a democracy, no? <laughs> no, no, no. I've announced it now. So uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the main topic of today's okay. show. We'll come back to the stories close to the end of the show. If but we time, yeah. if we have time, the main topic of today's show is individualism versus collectivism. Collectivism. Now, if like me, you don't know what that is, Mudaburaveri. Quickly and briefly tell us what that is, but it is a live interactive show. We want you to be part of the conversation. Have your say. Zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight zero two zero eight six eight seven seven eight seven eight or get in touch via our socials at Voice of Islam UK. So Mudabur, why did this topic come up in your mind and how would you explain it to someone like me who I actually doesn't can't remember it? how it came up. Um I don't know what made me think of it. Uh, but I've always not always but I do find this topic sort of interesting because I feel like Islam provides a perfect balance between the two um, I feel like the society we're in um, leans more to one side I'm not going to say which side I'll let you two guys decide after I give the explanation and there are definitely other cultures which lean more to the other side so if I just say <coughs> straight off the back of it individualist and collectivist, yeah. These are two, generally speaking, broadly speaking, community types, yeah. But the first thing that comes to your mind, if I say uh, a certain community is an individualist community, what comes to your mind? Like, what do you think of? I wouldn't even think that's a community. I just would have thought that's people who just care about themselves. Out there for themselves. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Interesting. And then collectivist <coughs> community, what would you say that's like then? I think each individual plays a part in the community uh, and by the way the caveat is that I I, I, I didn't know about uh, this concept either and mm -hmm. I had to read about it but I think the collectivism is is when you're truly working together as a team or, or as a community in, mm -hmm. in the purest sense mm -hmm. so yeah very basically and very simply the idea of individualism and collectivism uh, you're right uh, Osman in the sense that individualism focuses on the needs of the individual whereas collectivism focuses on the need of society rather than the individual so we as a society what some people would argue is that the west is more leaning towards individualist community um, and there is a whole history of individualism uh, some argue that um, it uh, originated in the uk in the middle of the 70th century hold on just so i understand correctly yeah individualism is a group of people no, no. Just for people. Or, or, or psychology. No, it's not even a psychology. It's a society type. Society type. Yes. Which focuses on... Okay, you give me your explanation. No, no, so I'm just I'm just trying to get a better yeah, answer. Yeah. So is, is it where people work <laughs> together, but work for what's best for them? It's kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not even working together. It's basically where... It's a society where... Uh, the norms in society or like the practices or the traditions in society focus more 
not completely, more on the individual rather than the community. So uh, the, one of my first points was that in individualism, is the focus in the community is more in the, on the individual's needs, whereas in a community, it ignores the individual needs, individual's needs and looks at more broadly what's better for the community. So, for example, when we look at um, the West, yeah, the West is argued to be more of an individualist community. And from that stems this whole idea of like liberalism, freedom of individuals, freedom of speech. And then that's where you get individuals arguing that I can be whatever I want to be. I can have whatever view I want to have. Whereas if you go to Pakistan, which we would argue is a collectivist community, other areas in Africa and Asia, um, <coughs> certain countries in, I don't know, South America, anywhere around the world where those principles don't like exist and there's still an idea of a community they would focus more on like okay what's best for everyone rather than this person believes so a very simple example is like mixed gender toilets yeah mixed gender toilets is something that is quite common now or would be more accepted now in the west go to the uh, uh, like Asia or other African countries, they're like, what's going on over here? This is not good for the community. Mm. So that's a very simple example where individualism is a focus on the individual, uh, whereas collectivism is a focus on the community, what's best for the community. Um, and broadly speaking, what these two indiv- uh, uh, community types focus on, <coughs> so in individualism, it's more about how to progress the individual, how to how to make the individual flourish what what does the individual have to do to flourish so there's a very, there's a strong emphasis on competitive uh, competitiveness being competitive fighting against one another not in like a physical sense but like you know business wise or like you know outdoing another person and in uh, collectivism is a focus on actually okay cool how can we work together to do what's best for the community and there are extremes on both sides for example communism is seen is seen as a ex- extreme uh, view or extreme uh, side of uh, collectivism where it's like okay everyone is going to be on the same level we're going to do everything for everyone but that doesn't always work either so <coughs> generally speaking these are two um, you know broad categories of societies I was going to ask you okay what countries do you think fit in what but I've kind of already given you an example of you know the countries and so the question the broader questions that I had in mind are like what do we feel about these individuals these um, these types but also where do we sit because I know that Islam teaches that we should have a bit of both Mm. we should focus on ourselves in terms of progressing and being the best people that we can be. And then there's a verse in the Quran that says, vie with one another in good works. Uh, vie basically means compete uh, it, it, with one another in, in good works. Um, and that kind of emphasizes, or that if an individualist was to read that, they'd be like, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. I'm going to fight or I'm going to compete to be better than others. Uh, in whatever field but in Islam it says do it for good reason and this is like a quote that is used specifically when we have our national uh, events we call them ishtamars but you know we have like competitions etc um, so yeah the argue or not the argument the question was going to be like what do we feel about these society types how do we balance them out um, because we do live in a, a more individualist leaning society culture 
how do we balance it out with a collectivist culture? Other examples I can um, include as well. Actually, no, I'll, I'll give you, you guys the opportunity to give me an do example. You, of like, do you think we're like just on on this topic? And I'm thinking about like which one I can either prefer or which one I see, etc. Mm. But do you think Gen Z, the way Gen Z uh, has started to um, protest about certain things? especially in the UK and the Western world about how it's unfair that certain people have so much money or certain people are getting on because they're doing so many things mm-hmm. they're almost protesting to have more of a collectivism yeah. set up because yeah. I feel like that's that's where we're going because I, nev- I, I didn't know about the whole collectivism and individualism set up or, mm. or, or approach <coughs> but now if I think about it maybe the Gen Z's don't know either and that what they're asking for from from a fair balanced world Mm-hmm. is that everyone's on the same sort of path and everyone has the same sort of things yeah. but actually I don't think they really understand yeah, 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 what yeah. that completely yeah. means if yeah, yeah, you know yeah, if you go sure. into a yeah. communist state and yeah. you're all driving a, a beige car with the same salary <laughs> etc but that's a good point actually that is quite interesting I mean uh, I, I don't I, I'm, I'm in line with you I don't think that collectivists would I don't think collectivists uh, sorry these uh, Gen Z we call them I don't think they would understand that, you know, we're arguing for collectivist culture. And actually, I don't think they themselves would completely be in line with collectivist culture. Because, you know, the example that I gave uh, earlier about um, mixed gender changing rooms, mixed gender toilets, they wouldn't be like, well, I can't say they completely, but certain sections of community, they wouldn't like be against that. Yeah. But as a community, I don't personally don't think that that is something that's beneficial for the community. Yeah, and we've yeah. seen examples recently of this swimmer. I've forgotten the name of the swimmer. I know exactly. There's an adult yeah. male swimmer uh, who was going to compete in, the, in in this competition, and actually um, the people that are running the swimming competition were saying, "Yeah, no, we accept him." He himself identified as a young girl. He's an old adult male, not old, but he was an adult male plus forty, and he was identifying as a young female girl. And he was saying, and the the organizer was like, yeah, we accept him as that. And then he was allowed to change in front of the young girls. Now, this is an example of um, extreme individualism, mm. liberalism, freedom to say whatever you want, believe in what you want. Um, but these same people would then also argue that the rich are too rich. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I need we we need to be more fair, yeah. and that whole and fair, that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah exactly. that whole fair fairness and freedom, they kind of like put it on the same level. Yeah, because that's not like we would argue that that's not fair, but yeah. they would say it is fair to that in the person's individual yeah. liberty. So it's not, but collectively, it's yeah. not fair. It's but individualism in, in collectivism, basically. <laughs> but for the, for that individual, they will say it's fair. Yeah. But collectively, it's not fair right. because you're possibly traumatizing or scarring young girls yeah. having to change in front of an adult male or for creating that, a norm exactly creating that norm <coughs> for that person exactly so it is interesting on yeah, that point because but um, yeah maybe it's just uh, and then also because I, I was thinking as you were talking about it i was thinking actually a, a lot of people are arguing for one or the other does it come down to a particular generation that's arguing for it because like i was looking at myself being a i think i'm a millennial mm. I'm kind of thinking as well that if I now prefer, which one would I prefer? I would prefer a balance of collectivism as a as opposed to individualism. Yeah. But then when I'm thinking about the rationale to this, the rationale purely is it's 
for those that are already there on a stage or, or, or a setup, it's almost become too easy to continue with their sort of success or the way they live or the, the way they... I keep saying they, I don't know who they are, but, you know, I just think the world is becoming a little bit less fairer for everyone. Mm-hmm. But then on on the flip side, I I, I think it's more here it's more here in the western world that that's yeah. the way it's working and and the more you spoke about it the more I was like actually you're right because <coughs> in these in the in the country we're in, in 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 a lot of the western countries the the idea that we can't upset the minority or, and the minority could be one or two people yeah. versus the majority who are saying you know there is evidence or there's there's stark reasons as to why we can't be doing certain things or why we need to consider the, the greater good of the greater mm. people the wider mm. people and that's mm. why I think actually where are we going with all this mm. you know just like you said you know you've got one individual who wants to compete in races be- in swimming races because uh, they've now transitioned into a woman a young girl into, a, a, into a young into a young girl <laughs> you know set aside the fact that this individual is now uh, transitioned what does it say for the sport for the women who you know we've gone from a place where first men were competing in sports we wanted to make it fair you can't and the the reason men were competing in sports is because men would compete with men mm. then we got to a stage where okay we need to bring out women's sports mm. you know and even now we have a women's world cup mm. and you know we're almost going in a different direction to appease a very small minority by including them in the same sport we'd we'd outlined to allow women to compete amongst themselves mm. you know it, it's 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 i don't know, i i mean that's a whole separate topic but i but the the fundamentals of the background of the collectors to the collectivism versus the individualism just doesn't make it make sense yeah to me yeah so <clears throat> for me I agree with you in the sense that you know, for you'd prefer like a a, a balance of collectivism. Yeah, but I'd weight it more towards collectivism. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I'd be exactly the same. I would. I I believe a perfect. And in some of the research I was doing, they were saying that most countries have a balance. Mm. Even I would say the West has a balance, but it leans more, mm. or it favours more individualistic tendencies or uh, traditions. Um, and I, f- I believe, and Islam, I believe Islam also coincides with this to have a very balanced, you know, sort of view on your life or on society as well. And um, if, even if you look at examples like in our culture, I say the Pakistani culture, not mm-hmm. the Islamic culture, in the Pakistani culture, is very common to um, when, you know, it's a specific to Pakistan actually, but. I know I don't think this would be com- very common in Pakistan, but um, they tend to have land, and then within that land, like so, families would mm-hmm. have land, and mm-hmm. within that land, within that same plot, they will have like small little houses yeah, for the yeah. different families to live t- t- yeah. uh, together. Whereas over here, and this is quite common, I was speaking to a colleague about this as well. It's like as soon as you turn eighteen, like the yeah. parents like get out now, yeah. or if you don't get out, you pay me rent, yeah. And in the same way, the kids say to the, uh, to the adults, "Listen, you're getting on now, get yeah. home." We're going to a care home, and this this is very sort of um, this is quite 
an easy contrast between individualistic community and a, and a collectivist community. That's in a collectivist yeah. community, for example, in, in Pakistan, what I mentioned, there will be a focus on, I've got to look after my parents. And we would still do that now. And that's from an Islamic perspective that we yeah. would say, you know, we have, a, our parents have a right over us, so we will look after them. Yeah. My example was more like, you know, having a land and, you know, like building houses on that land. Um, but, you know, the, 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 con, the contrast is very clear that over here in the West, yeah, as soon as a kid turns 18, sometimes even younger, like you got to start working, start paying your rent. 18 now, you move out, find your own place. Yeah, but but this is but also I mean this could digress into culture as well. But it's that's it, I suppose the maybe the collectivism approach defines what the culture is, mm-hmm. or is it the other way around? Does the culture define what what approach we're going to take? Because you're right, like you know here and even in Pakistan we 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 could have the approach where we have land. We'll just build a house. We'll keep our family close yeah. because we're going to support our family. And the culture is still here, right? It, where it might not be the land and the and the big houses, etc. But it's okay, son. You're living with me. Save as much money as you can. Yeah. As opposed to you're 18, you got your national insurance number. Yeah. You're out the door in other cultures, mm-hmm. right? Is is the choice of how it works the culture the down to the culture or down to the yeah, individual. Is it which, what defines which one? So <clears throat> there's a, a book called Bowling Alone by um, Robert D. Putnam, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. And it's um, the book really deeply goes into why what's happening to um, specifically American society and the rise of individualism and which, in which direction the community is going, uh, the American society is going in. And one of the points it mentions actually is one of the reasons it gives for a rise in hyper individualism is the term that they used is actually a difference in um, a difference in generational views. So, for example, <clears throat> the older generation would not be able to relate to the younger generation for a number of reasons. It could be now that we have social media, they don't understand social media. Politics are now changing. So basically. The, the Gen Z generation now, for example, will not understand the older generation. Now the Gen Z generation is now going into politics. They start running the show. They start yeah. bringing in legislation, rules, laws that kind of turn the society into um, an individ- more individualistic-leaning culture, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of works both ways. I I think, yeah. but this is one of the arguments that this individual Robert D. Putnam was paying, uh, putting out. There was a number of other uh, things that he pointed out to as well as to why he believes um, the uh, society in America specifically yeah. is moving the way he's moving. Uh, so moving the way it is moving. Um, one of the other points he mentions was regarding um, religious participation, and this actually was an interesting one. I was re- when I was watching the video on it, it was saying that. Um, <clears throat> the way that and he specifically mentioned the church in America mm. <clears throat> and he mentioned that forcing or trying to enforce religion on a on on certain sections of the population that do not believe in it or do not it, it doesn't coincide or it doesn't go with their lifestyle pushes them further away and religion has always uh, it always tends to 
line up with a collectivist community, uh, a yeah. collectivist sort of society. And yeah. we would agree with that completely. Yeah. We know Islam's principles of being charitable, looking after the neighbours, we mentioned in the first uh, hour. Yeah. Um, and similar with, uh, similarly with uh, Christianity as well, I know it, it has the same sort of core principles yeah. of being neighbourly, etc. And then when you try and force that upon the population that don't agree with it, they will just basically go the opposite way. So it's basically yeah. another end of the spectrum, which kind of then pushes them into more of an individualistic community, like, oh, no, I don't want religion, I don't need religion. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we know that actually America as well used to be quite, and still actually would, I would say, has a heavily Christian influence oh, yeah. in its politics. Yeah. And we know Especially that. Especially in certain states, yeah. Yeah, yeah even, in, you know... Um, Donald Trump had this woman who was like a faith leader. She was quite popular. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen her, but she was doing a lot of speeches and stuff alongside him and uh, talking about Jesus and, you know, how Christianity plays a heavy role. Yeah. But this is basically one other factor. There's other factors. The the five biggest factors were political interest, which I've mentioned already, yeah. having the generational difference, uh, civic engagement. So that's something that um, civic engagement, I can't remember exactly what the point of this was, Um but, oh, yes, how we get involved. And it's actually really interesting, this point, because it was very in line with what we do as a community. We have local chapters, we have regional chapters, and we have a national chapter, then we have, like... And it's the same setup, oh, which wow. I always found amazing. Yeah. Across the, across world. the world. Yeah, yeah. Across the world. I mean, I know there's some countries where the population isn't so massive, so they won't have local chapters. They'll just have a regional chapter and a national chapter. But, but the within the there. chapter yeah. it's, as well... Yeah. The department, the, the, the departmental division yeah. is exactly the same, and all of the all of like the instructions and like everything that comes like is almost all, always yeah. identical. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so what this uh, civic engagement thing was mentioning was that back in the day, what used to happen, which back in the day when it was a more of a collectivist leaning society, was that you would have these um, smaller chapters. And those chapters would be very closely linked. They would like, you know, look out for each other. They would have similar sort of ideologies, traditions. And then with the rise of uh, social media and the internet, and you're able to join like online uh, communities, like it could be a community like on, a, on another side of the world. Yeah. Um, you sort of distance yourself from more like local organizations and regional organizations. And you sort of like distance yourself from um, social interaction. Mm. So it was a, this whole <coughs> civic engagement thing included a few points, but one of them was um, the rise of the internet and um, you know just a lack of social integration. And that's something that we we've, we've spoken about before on SML. The fact that you know when we were kids, we didn't have the internet. We'd go out and we'd play yeah. with neighbours. We'd know our neighbours. Yeah. Now it's not a thing at all. Or it's rarely a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's almost a the, nuisance for the others. Yeah, when literally. You see kids outside and playing, and, and the and and the interaction now is almost always online. Yeah, you know, and um, even one of the points I was mentioning about like gaming could be seen as a form of interaction, but it's not a real life interaction. It's not really, yeah. What people purport themselves to be online is nearly always completely different to yeah. what they are in real life. Yeah, it's almost so, fancy. Um, but then that, that that's the, but then, what? What makes it crazy, as you're saying this, it's almost as though the culture creates or influences the type of community that's established. Uh -huh. Then that type of community 
then leans on the type of culture it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So, for example, where, where you're talking about at the beginning, I mean, my, my generation at the very least, in my neighborhood, in our estate, uh, every other day, almost every day, we play football on on on, on the road. We're, mm-hmm. we're in a cul-de-sac, so not many cars would come in. We'd put two bags on either side, and mm-hmm. our neighbors were roughly the same age. We'd all come out and play football in the evenings, yeah. and on weekends especially. We'd all, it was that collective sort of we're playing together we're, we're, we're enjoying you know outdoor football time to to now it's you know are we moving to an individualist society we're all doing our own things we're all wanting to work our own on our own success mm-hmm. but we're, we're, we're online we're 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 playing online but then also, the the more we play online, the more we do things by ourselves, the mm. less we interact socially. Mm-hmm. And now because we're not interacting socially, we're not aware of what other people do or how they do it yeah. or how to, communi- to communicate to those people. Yeah. Then we're just going to extremely, at 100 miles an hour, continue down the route of individualism yeah. because we no longer think about how can we work collectively? Yeah. We, we're, uh, you know, the next generation is being built, yeah. uh, not being built, being sort of, almost programmed into do things for yourself yep. go online you mm. know, have an online chat when you meet your friends what do you talk about nothing I'll just share something with you like a video or a meme yeah, or something yeah. because that's what I'm going to talk about to you about you know, yeah. because I'm going to go home and work myself yeah. I'm not going to share my challenges yeah. with you I'm not going to share my success with you I'm not, I'm not going to do anything I'm, I'm working on myself yeah. that's actually another point that was mentioned in this book that um even if there are meetups between friends, it's not meaningful. It's not a meaningful connection. Yeah. It's not like a proper, okay, a planned organization. Yeah. It's just a meetup just for the sake of like, we've got to see each other's face or we live close by or yeah. whatever. And there's no, and like even in those meetups, there's actually, there's no agenda or people are just like sitting on their phones and there's no real meaningful connection in those mm-hmm. meetups. And I, I, I think of those meetups and I think, you know what? I like. I feel so blessed to be a part of this community where we have actual yeah. meetups, where we yeah. have classes, we'll have meetings, and there's an agenda in place. Within that agenda, there will be like I don't know. There could be food. They'll have prayers. Sometimes a barbecue yeah. or whatever. But like you know, one of the uh, um, points of this book, or one of the points that it was mentioning, was literally that that you know. Um, you go so deep into being individualist, mm-hmm. and your friends also become them. That your social connections are like nearly diminished, and even when, if you manage to meet friends, there's nothing meaningful yeah. in there. Even skills, social <coughs> skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, it's it's a dangerous place to go because if you grow up in that sort of environment and that uh, setup mm. as a kid, then a teenager, it's going to really impact you when mm. you're an adult. Mm. You know, you you almost by default would become an introvert. You won't, and, and it's not a bad thing being an introvert, right? It, there's uh, what I'm saying is like you'll become an introvert without the ability or without the skill or without maybe even the confidence mm-hmm. to to try and learn the extrovert skills. Mm-hmm. And then again, that puts you on another path of as a as a generation, you might have the extreme introverts walking around focusing on themselves. Yeah. Because, you know, um, there was something else I've just remembered in doing the research that. Um, so it's actually sometimes even if the community or the the, the political party in power, mm. if they lean towards a collectivist ideology, mm. 
what um, this book was mentioning was that sometimes they that that political movement has pushed individuals into an individualistic sort of mindset and yeah. how that has happened is because they will have practices or laws in place that doesn't meet the individual's needs or they just feel that they're sort of outcasted it's not kept up with the times mm. basically or also in times where because of the rise of the internet their lies have been sort of sort of yeah. showcased like they can see that what they're saying and what uh, and what we can actually see are two very different things and what that causes is a mistrust in that government and when they and obviously having a government in itself sort of kind of indicates a collectivist ideology because a government one of the tenets of collectivism is that you have uh, a responsibility to uh, educate the society yeah. uh, feed them clothe yeah. them you know sort of have a, a whole sort of infrastructure in place yeah. um, so yes every government will have this elements of um, collectivism but then when you see lies in their ideology or in their movements or in, yeah. in whatever they're saying then it causes a mistrust and that mistrust tends to tends to lead lead individuals into a more individualistic mindset that I don't trust this party like yeah. I'm going to focus on myself or I need to fight for myself yeah. and a simple example is like the tax in this country we can argue that the tax is completely unfair we're taxed on everything mm. and there's no, loads of arguments out already that you know we are taxed upon tax yeah and that causes a mistrust in individuals where they feel that, you know what, I need to work on myself. I need to find ways to make money. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what, like, collectively I've got to pay tax, okay, but yeah. I don't feel like, for me, it's not working. I, I've got to do X, Y, Z, commit crimes, do something illegal yeah. to make money, to focus on me. Yeah. So it comes sometimes from the top down yeah. as well. Yeah. It's great because, you know, as you were talking, I was think, thinking, there's two phrases, right? For me, it's either love thy neighbour... Mm. Oh, doggy dog. Yeah. Like it's just it, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was thinking I'm I me myself personally <coughs> for me it's not a thought of milk is expensive. Mm. Or my shopping's gone up by five, ten pounds. Like I'm very blessed. And I'm I'm very conscious of the fact I'm blessed. Mm. But at the same time my consciousness also thinks about individuals who who, you know, can't afford basic needs and that's my collectiveness thought mm -hmm. of coming into it and and also my maybe my 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 islamic perspective of we can't be in a world where people can't afford to have a meal or can't afford to put a roof over their head yeah. especially in a country like this like where we're talking about the west world moving towards individualism there is still so much of a collectivism aspect yeah they up until this day, I would find it shocking and hard to to fathom why there's homelessness. Yeah. Because of the sort of country we're in. Yeah. You know, we're an established setup. Yeah. We we established first world country. Established yeah. first world country, but they, but you know, there's the security tags on baby milk in shops. Mm. Security tags on on pricier meat in shops mm. because. <laughs> people will steal yeah. because old I mean don't get me wrong there's going to be again the minority and everything anything and everything right but I truly think the whole point of why crime to a potential to a certain uh, aspect has gone up is because cost of living yeah 100% cost of living has gone, gone up because 
of everything that's going on outside of our own, you know, control yeah. almost. Yeah. But if if the country looked at it from a, and again, it's because it, I feel as though the country or the maybe uh, government is going towards an individualum, mm-hmm. individualum, individualistic state. Mm-hmm. Of thinking about what's best for this group, what's best for that group, what's best for our neighbouring country, mm. as opposed to what's best for this country. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you another example, right? And this, I read this, I was reading this story the other day, and I would love for someone to call in and correct me if I'm wrong, but at the moment, I think the White House is going through a debate to increase the debt ceiling so they can borrow more. Well. to run the country further and I feel like this happens every year now mm. every year they don't want the White House to shut down or, or government to shut down whatever it is I can't remember like their setup because I think every year a budget has to be approved mm-hmm. and at the moment it's a budget of borrowing mm-hmm. and the, you know there's a clock somewhere in somewhere in America there's this, like this big red LED clock that just keeps churning how much the debt is in America and it keeps going up yeah. right? uh, but my mind was like okay you're you're asking every year for an increase in borrowing and you're not making any money back to kill the borrowing <clears throat> you're borrowing more mm-hmm. and it's becoming very very prominent to you know to society that you're spending billions not for the country yeah why it, is homelessness on the rise yeah we are getting more and more like in even debt. here like, like, yeah. like you know there, there was this uproar in america because there was like a 90 billion dollar aid package for Ukraine and, oh, yes. and, and Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, look, forget what it's for. Forget the 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 f- who it's for, etc. Just think about the numbers. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the country is wanting to sign off 90 billion dollars mm-hmm. being sent, whether it's pure cash or a mix of cash. Like, even doesn't that bit doesn't even matter. It's the mm-hmm. fact that it costs 90 billion yeah. to be sent to two other countries to defend themselves. Like, right? mm-hmm. and. Uh, f- forget for a moment what they're defending themselves for like mm. the rationale is not the point being this country has said this 90 billion is going to be prioritized for over there yeah as opposed to we are not going to reduce the cost of an epipen which is probably three or four times more you know one cost uh, one the one the price of one epipen in the US is probably three four five times more than Canada because yeah. I, I know for a fact people Folks will drive across the border to get, uh, you know, leaner pricing on on uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Mm. Like there's there's and homelessness. It's there's, actually wild. Yeah. It's you know, and even here, here same thing. Here is crazy because I remember arguing this with um, some colleagues in like 2015 or 2016 with my, one of my old workplaces where I can't remember what the story was, but. Um, <clears throat> It was something about the the UK has always, or not always, but for a long time, pledged a certain fraction of their GDP yeah. to uh, international causes. Yeah. So it's like what, 0.5 or 1.5 or 2.5 or something. And oh, yes, I remember now. It was uh, the UK had given something millions to this group of kids in Africa. It was a dance group of kids in Africa to like help them like their career grow. And I was thinking... A group of kids in Africa called them. I need money. It's a dance group, right? Yeah. We don't know how well off or how bad they are. Yeah. But surely that money that's gone to kids just helping them be big in the world of dance, yeah. that money could be used in the UK. 
And my yeah. argument was always like, why are we not focusing first on the UK? And then the other our side would argue like, no, we have to focus on like the less needy. And I was like, okay, but there's less needy in the UK. And they kept arguing like, yeah, but there's less needy than the less needy in the yeah. UK. <laughs> like there's people that are really, really struggling. You know, they're literally out there. Like, they're, they're, they're starving to death, etc. You don't get starving to death in the UK. I was like, okay, but you know. But do, you, you do. <coughs> I think now you might. You, now you, I mean, I was listening on the news that it's becoming more and more prominent that you choose between heating or eating. Yes. Someone was saying that Martin Martin Lewis yeah. Martin Lewis was saying that so you have to choose either between heat, heating and eating. But yeah. we, this is again we go back to the point of this is a as a first world country. Yeah, yeah. We're a developed nation. Yeah. You know, it's I I just I mean, this could be a personal opinion, but I just don't get how we can get to a stage you know of, of this of this world like, yeah. it, like I, I, I was also finding it funny that you know it, when we talk about individualism and collectivism mm -hmm. the how, how is the government helping the individual to pay their energy bill yeah so and and let me explain this right because uh, I just there's a rationale to what I was thinking so the energy price cap uh, as to uh, how much an energy company can charge you, I think it's increased phenomenally like in terms of the pricing. Like it, Again, it's it's gone up, I think, in the last quarter. It keeps going up. How, what's the most an energy company can charge yeah. you? Because the energy cost... Uh, and the government uh, like, said this. Yeah, this is a government price cap, right? So, mm -hmm. um, But it mean, but what the government's doing is well, they're conscious of the fact that it cost more. It at one point cost more. You know, fuel cost more, petrol cost more, gas cost more because of the wars, etc. Which ironically just all goes back in one sort of cycle. But so the the you know this year you'll probably pay like another five hundred pound more than last year in terms of your energy yeah. or something like that, right? Just for example's sake. So the government's increased the price cap to allow energy companies to charge more. But then on the flip side, I'm listening to the radio where the government's talking about saving uh, money on your energy bills by by buying a smart uh, shower head. Mm. But then the price cap increases £500 and the advert from the government is the shower head will save you £40 a year. Mm. So your collectivism thought is £40 saving, but you're, you know, what, what your non-collectivism thought is yeah. raise the energy price cap. So we're still down four hundred sixty pounds. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got the exact numbers, <laughs> but I, I'm not far off in terms yeah, yeah, of like yeah, yeah. the the logic between it because yeah. the logic is, like, anyone can pull it up, and again, anyone call in or message in and correct me if I'm wrong, but the price cap has gone up and up and up, especially in the last year. Uh -huh. What's been done about it? Yeah, you know, pet okay. petrol, petrol is still one fifty a liter diesel. Yeah, it's it can't it. Oil cannot be that expensive right now. Mm. I get there's a war going on, mm. but it. When's the last time you heard that the price of oil, uh, price of a barrel of oil, has gone up? No. Well, I haven't really checked, but I know that. So, so my knowledge on this, the last thing that I saw was that the profits that BP made or BP exactly. or Shell this went is the second up point. drastically. Yes. And other energy companies as well, their profit went up drastically. But on the flip side, you can save £40. Drastically. <laughs> just oh my goodness. I saw it. I was like, how on earth is this allowed? Why is this allowed? Again, so my, my idea on this whole collectivism and individualism thing is that individualism generally leads to more leads more towards like a, a, a selfish sort of 
idea yeah. and desire because it's more about the individual in the community rather than the community made up of individuals yeah. that's very simply how it is am I an individual within a community or am I part of a community of individuals yeah. so, but so when you see these results you just feel like I'm trying <laughs> yeah I'm not. I, f- I feel like um, <coughs> a, a community of collective was it collectiveness collectivism collectivism mm. will always go by the average person so whatever rules or you can say um, things are, whatever things are put in place to make that community a collective community mm-hmm. will always be in accordance to the majority which is mostly average people yeah. and the issue is this that there are then some exceptions of people who don't fall within that bracket of majority mm. who then have this feeling of well uh, I'm kind of not above it but it's like what's this doing for me mm. and I feel that's when this thought process of everything that you guys have been talking about in terms of actually well we have responsibilities um, so yes we have to kind of fix our in-house problems but also our neighbours need looking after as well so I always feel like with this what we've been discussed now it's like whenever there's a rule made it's always made keeping the majority in mind there are always then minorities who will feel that yeah but I'm not like that like I I can do this and I won't abuse it or I won't fall kind of in fall for the trap of why it's not allowed to do this or why this collectively this is uh, more beneficial so then then I think for it's people like that who find it difficult to live in that kind of community mm. because you feel like well I'm yeah, but you know what's not for me <coughs> yeah but they're, they're, so they find it difficult more from a selfish perspective because you could but then again when when I was doing the research it was like sometimes individualists have this idea that I've got to stand out I've got to be different I, I don't want to fit in the norm and then when you have those sort of ideologies that I just got to be different, that's when you think, forget the culture, forget forget, forget collectivism, forget what's best for everyone. I only care about what's best for me. And that's literally what you're saying, that, you know, when people don't fit in, they don't even try to fit in, though they're not thinking about the bigger picture. They're thinking about, I need to go to a mixed gender toilet. I don't care if someone else feels uncomfortable about it. This is how I feel. And you have to respect that, whether you like it or not. But they never think about it the other side, mm. that another person in there might feel uncomfortable with someone on the opposite, opposite gender going in there so it, for me it's a very strong sense of selfishness in that sort yeah. of ideology but then again I, listening to you I just keep thinking about these things political it feels like political parties fall into one or the other as well I feel like if I look back at it again I might be wrong but this is just my perspective on it the Labour Party ideally wants to sound as though they're part of the collective mm-hmm. uh, setup or collectivism setup, where they want to help everyone. They want, yeah, it's Labour. They, they, it's in the name, right? Mm-hmm. And it almost feels as though the Tory Party is coming from a uh, perspective of if you want to be successful by yourself, you're going to be successful by yourself. If you are, we'll keep enriching that and supporting mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just, I just feel as though maybe that's that's where it is, right? So, 
given who's been in the power, who's been in power for the last decade or so, and then where the country's gone, it almost makes sense mm. if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, I feel like political parties will always have some balance, but it will be leaning more yeah, towards exactly. one yeah. way. So yeah. I get what you're saying about Labour having this like sort of um, in theory in theory this uh, there's something that they want to display that oh yeah. we are so collectivist we care about everyone we yeah. care about the the worst off and also the best the people that are doing their best but then at the same time on the flip side I guess where, you, where your point was going towards was like they also want to sort of um, put in place you know principles or ideas that for example again I'm just using mixed gender because it is like yeah, something yeah. that it sits on a very extreme end yeah, yeah. Um, but they, I feel like Labour would also be like, yeah, we have to support those individuals yeah. that require to go to, you know, a mixed gender toilet, or they feel like they uh, should be transitioning yeah. from something they biologically not, uh, and they should also be integrated that way as well. So um, I get what you're saying, and you know, I feel like when you don't have a fine balance, I feel like you can quite easily go yeah. to extreme ends. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Labour is could be seen as an example of going to yeah. extreme ends of that. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. We're coming up to the last 10 minutes of the ten? show. What? That covered quite a bit. So um, You had a lot to say on that as well. So. How, how would you um, <laughs> summarise this then? How I would summarise it is, personally, I believe Islam has the perfect balance yeah. for society, for yeah. a community. I'm not saying that just because I'm Muslim. I'm saying yeah. that because... Islam encourages that we educate ourselves. Islam encourages good business. Islam encourages the individual to prosper individually, but also not to forget the community. Mm. The community has always been like a central tenet of its beliefs. Yeah. Even charity is one of the core principles of, uh, of Islam, core pillars of Islam. Um, and being charitable means that you have to look out for what's best for, this, for mm. society. So you can't separate Islam from... Um, collectivism mm. but you also can't slip, separate Islam from focusing for from making it important for the individual to focus on themselves to develop to be a better person yeah. to be helpful mm. I believe Islam encourages the individual to be to, to prosper on an individual level but more so to be beneficial for the mm. community rather than for you to be beneficial for yourself and for your own political you, you or, know, or monetary gains what you said what you said the thing is when it comes to religion, sometimes we forget that it, the whole drive behind it is spirituality. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, you have to understand that from an individual point of view, you have to make sure, like you said, you are the best version of yourself. Yeah. So you are physically in the best condition. Mm -hmm. And that is something that you have to do. Yeah. Like it, as much as you can join a group or do something collectively, when you in your heart make the right decisions to make a change in your life mm -hmm. for the better that's when it's effective mm -hmm. so you're right Islam doesn't say no like we have to do everything together and everything is for you have to focus on yourself <coughs> but the outcome of that is that when you are the best version of yourself not only do you impact yourself physically but it has a real spiritual yeah. uh, effect of you as you progress but then how it transforms into a community is that when you're in a group your the company that you keep has an effect on you mm -hmm. so where like now you've come to the table and you've brought all your good individual traits other people can rub off and get that from you yeah. that's why there's so much emphasis on 
congregation yeah. in our community there's so much emphasis on congregation yeah. that you could pray at home by yourself in fact real prayer I would say is when you wake up in the middle of the night by yourself mm-hmm. and you're prostrating towards God knowing that this is the time where everyone else is asleep mm-hmm. but to fulfill that commandment in its true essence has to be done in congregation yeah. so it's the best of both this is what I'm trying to say that yeah. you have responsibilities that as an individual you have to meet but then the responsibility of actually well okay I've achieved this now I need to help others yeah. get to this same point yeah. because it's like when you go to a mosque the perfect example is that when you stand for prayer the reason it's such a beautiful action is because there's no genders there's no agenda sorry in mm-hmm. terms of it's not an element of it doesn't matter how wealthy you are how healthy you are what background you're from what race you belong to in the eyes of God we're all equal that's yeah. why we stand shoulder to shoulder yeah. And it could be that someone, particularly on that day, doesn't really know the prayer, mm. but he's benefiting from everyone else who's attended that one yeah. service. Yeah. So there is a real community vibe and a real benefit. But like I said, there are certain people who probably feel, and this is where then spirituality comes into it, that feel, you know, like I've already achieved this. Why do I need to come? Yeah. And then they go into that kind of selfish yeah. You can say they're not selfish, but they they have the, that can cross their mind, and I feel that's when you have to realize that everything we do has an effect on our spirituality, you and know, everyone's I'm, sacrifices are different. Yeah, you know, you know. Uh, just before your little monologue, you mentioned something about um, you know it, uh, religion places a strong emphasis on spirituality. It does. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you, but then I also feel like it's, it places a strong emphasis on practical elements as well before spirituality sometimes. And one example I want to give of that is actually at the time of uh, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I think it was after the Battle of Uhud, one of the battles that took place between Prophet Muhammad and some of the other tribes. Um, when uh, the, the the Muslims had political prisoners, um, the political, not, the, not political prisoners, prisoners of war, sorry, um, the prisoners of war actually sat and ate food with the Muslims and sometimes even the Muslims gave the better food to the prisoners and the prisoners would sit there and like why are you eating this why like why are you giving us a better food and you're having that Mm -hmm. and that actually converted people to Islam seeing how the Muslims behaved actually converted yeah but what I'm saying is everything that Muslims do especially when you talk about the life (coughs) of the Prophet is because it was the right thing to do by God yeah, 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 this is what I'm saying. So you're right. Like, in from but a that was also a lot right to do. From, to no, the, no. What I'm saying is, like, from from a practical eye, is like the practical thing to do. Yeah. But actually, you have to, and it comes back to like anything you talk about, any subject you talk about, you can bring it down to back to it being an element of accountability, yeah. and that accountability comes when you have a real element of faith yeah. in God that there's a God living God who's watching who I'm going to be answerable for so even prisoners have rights yeah. and prisoners of wars who we have to make sure that we fulfill their rights um, and even even for them yeah. to be free they were then given opportunities like okay you want to be free yeah. you got to do educate, something good yeah, for the you community got educate, like, you got to educate the kids in the community yeah, yeah, and yeah. you got like do <clears throat> XYZ that's beneficial for the community so yeah, your question your answer to your question earlier I would say is that there, there has to be a perfect balance, and the balance is in spirituality, but also the practical elements of Islam as well. That you know, you fulfil the rights of man, fulfil the rights of God, and that sort of creates the perfect balance between individualism and collectivism. For me personally, it's yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Any last words, Sadiq, before you wrap up? No, I think you summarise it well. I think it, all, <coughs> it just, you know, we've grown up with these teachings, 
uh, in our community and I think it's 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 evidence that it's the right way to do it to have a hybrid model yeah. but also be conscious you know if if we all grow together we'll all be successful but at the same time when we're all successful we'll, it will individually be successful yeah. so yeah I just yeah yeah absolutely and um, it's uh, you know there's so many things like you mentioned but it's like this is a very interesting topic that you chose today, and I think you can you can go on. But yeah, it, it it I guess people can relate to it because everyone is experiencing their life from their point of view, and and, um, and, they, and obviously mm. they're looking at it from their lens. But there is an element of like everything you said, struggles that people are going through. Some people who are struggling might be have a different perspective. Those who aren't struggling might have a different perspective. But I feel like where we the two things that you mentioned fulfill the rights not only of God but of mankind as well that's where then regardless of what you are going through as an individual we have certain rights and responsibilities towards others and one another and it's important that we fulfill that so we have come to the end of the show we hope you enjoy today's show um, we would love to get your feedback do get in touch if there's anything you would like us uh, well, you like to mention, maybe we've forgot, or maybe you just like to have your say. Do get in touch. Um, we look forward to hosting you again next week for more Saturday Morning Live. Until next time, may the peace and blessings of God be upon you all. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with the Voice of Islam. Allah